Welcome to How We Grow, an essential playbook to grow and scale your vacation rental business with advice and insights from the best in the biz with your host, Linnell Gordon. Welcome to How We Grow, the vacation rental show. I'm Linnell Gordon, your host. And look, I have an amazing guest with me today. He is an advocate for the whole industry and has been for many, many years. He is remarkably brilliant, and he has incredibly important insight into our industry. Scott Leggett has been in the industry for many years. He's worked as the vacation rental manager for some of the largest vacation rental companies in the whole U.S. He is an incredible person. He is just full of integrity. He's one of my best friends. I love you, Scott. Thank you so much for being willing to come and talk to us on the podcast. Well, if you certainly done a great job of building me up there, Linnell. No, no, I haven't mentioned half of what you do. Now, Scott is actually on the board at VRMA, and he's served for many years on different boards. You've also served on the tourism boards in the Outer Banks and other places. Scott always makes himself available to be used as a resource, no matter what you've ever done. And really, Scott, you're a giant in the industry, and I am grateful to call you my friend. Today, we want to talk about the most important issues facing vacation rentals. Since you come at it from a lot of different points of view, give me your title because I don't want to mess it up. Sure. I'm the Director of Government Affairs and Advocacies at Inhabit. And I will say, Linnell, that I think that I have the best job in the industry. Inhabit has been great at supporting advocacy issues and gives me tons of support and I get to work with people across the world, the country, and help them through issues every single day. So couldn't have a better job. It's really wonderful. It is. And I have to tell you, I am really grateful to Inhabit as well for all the support that they've given to the vacation rental industry, especially during COVID. They stepped right up and did things. And I'm not here to toot any horns or anything, but that happened. What we do want to talk about is what issues are we facing in the vacation rental industry right now that are important and that people need to know about so they can become involved and help? Regulation is gaining more and more momentum every day. We fight on one front and it's like putting out one fire and three fires have started before you get done. And so there's hardly a community in the country right now that accommodates short-term rentals that doesn't have regulatory discussion underway. Some of it is positive, quite honestly. Some of it helps us to professionalize our industry, brings a set of good practices for our property managers, but others of them are just completely unfair and threaten the livelihoods of many professional managers, their employees, and, you know, the businesses that they've built up over years can suddenly be devalued when short-term rentals are regulated out of their communities. So, it's a significant threat right now. How do we get involved with regulation as vacation rental managers? How do we get involved with that? And what is the right way to be involved? You've been in it a long time. You've made mistakes, I'm certain, because we all learn from our mistakes. And who is successful that hasn't had a mistake? So tell me about some of the common mistakes we need to stay away from as vacation rental managers in getting involved in regulation. Sure. Well, if you're not involved now, you probably will be sometime in the near future because, as I say, regulation is proliferating throughout the country. And sometimes people ask me where the hotspots are, and I just say, 
you know, put a blindfold on and stick a pin on the map because wherever you stick it, there's going to be issues there. So that momentum has grown. But what I see as the biggest problem, quite honestly, is that we're unprepared for it. We listen to others who've had problems. We go to conferences and we hear about this community in Colorado or Park City in Utah or somewhere along the Oregon coast, but it seems distant from us and we feel insulated, I think, to a certain degree in many places. But the truth is, is regulations have come to some of the most iconic short-term rental areas in the country. Almost every community in Colorado has introduced regulations. So it's a significant factor in doing business. It's something that you have to calculate for in doing your business. And I've been in this long enough to know that most people, when they build this business, they have two aspirations. One, they're either going to hand the business down to their family or at some point they're looking to sell it. And regulation overnight can devalue your business easily by 50%. Some even destroy it. I know that in uh, Dallas, and I don't keep up with regulation, I have to say that's one of the areas that I'm not as well versed in. But they just made short-term rentals in Dallas illegal, I read. My HOA was meeting. Yeah, illegal in neighborhoods. What they've done is they're allowing them in areas where there's multifamily housing, which is a really the popular areas for a short-term rental. I'm working with the Dallas Short-Term Alliance currently, as well as Fort Worth, as well as Plano, as well as Galveston, the state of Texas. In fact, Inhabit just recently built the website for the state of Texas Short-Term Alliance. Yeah, so one of the things Inhabit does, aside from the council and working with the local organizations that I do on a one-to-one basis, it really involves the entire company because our digital marketing group builds websites and hosts them pro bono for local alliances. And that's a big deal. We also have a grant program internally for those local alliances, so we support them financially and most often in an advisory capacity, helping them to get organized, helping them to strategize how to fight the regulations, putting them with people who have gone through the same experiences as they have so that they are successful. So guys, if you think you're alone out there, you're not, obviously. And I didn't know these programs existed. Scott, I'm so glad you agreed to come and talk about this. And I know that we've been trying to get this for about a year. But if you feel like you're alone and that no one is around to help you, please contact Scott Leggett at Inhabit. His email address is scott.leggett, L-E-G-G-A-T, at Inhabit, I-N-H-A-B-I-T dot com, and see what we can do to help you if you're having regulatory issues. Okay, Scott. What can I do as a property manager? How do I get involved in these issues? How do I get involved? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is that as a property manager, you need to consider advocacy as a part of your business as an expense, number one, and as effort and labor, even a passion that you need to do because you will be dealing with it. Most often, I get a call in regulations are already on the table. A town council is at second reading and someone calls me and says, oh my gosh, it looks like we're going to lose 40% of our inventory if this regulation goes through. And so 
the first thing to really do is invest time in being prepared, be part of the conversation, get a seat at the table. That requires you to be a good citizen of your community, to get involved in the civic process there, to know your town mayor, your councilman, your city planners, all of those people is to have a dialogue with. Because often what happens is that regulations come up because a very small group of disgruntled people in a community don't want to see them next door to them. It's a not-in-my-backyard phenomenon. But they get the ear of their town council. They've donated to them. They've supported them. And they're usually well-placed and financially well-off. And so they have that ear. And often, before we're even aware of it, the process is well underway. So it's really the groundwork that you have to do before so that you have a seat at the table, that your town council or your city planner sees you as the authority in your community and so that you can disabuse them of some of the stories that they're hearing from these people who really just want the beach all to themselves or want the town to look like it did 30 years ago. It's really just laying that groundwork to begin with, being involved, being part of the conversation. So guys, if you don't have a seat at the table, then you're likely on the menu. That's what someone told me the last year, and I think it's true here. It sounds like that. It's very important. Interested in a unique franchise opportunity? iTrip Vacations provides a unique business opportunity in a thriving industry. iTrip offers an executive-level income potential with work-life balance in an exclusive territory. As an iTrip franchisee, You'll provide a full array of short-term rental property management services for the properties that you manage. iTrip offers extensive support and training requiring no previous experience. Visit us online at itripfranchise.com to learn more. So it sounds like you need a budget item that you budget for this. Yeah, so in Habit, one of the biggest accomplishments of our advocacy group here has been to introduce a program called Right to Rent. And what Right to Rent does is it asks each property manager to contribute $1 to $3 per transaction to the VRMA's advocacy fund. This is almost a no cost to a property manager because typically they're rolling it into their admin fee. It's not really coming out of their bottom line but it really can fuel our advocacy efforts. And certainly Inhabit doesn't take a dime of that money. We facilitate it through our PMS systems. We were the ones that developed it originally. And we've offered that to every PMS provider in the country that we're aware of. And several of them are taking us up on that. How much money have you raised so far through that effort, Scott? I can't even guess, Linnell, but it's in hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's a drop in the bucket because it has a potential to be much, much more. And if you ever find yourself in one of these regulatory fights, you're going to find that it's a costly effort. It's a costly effort in your time, your energy, and quite candidly, money. Sometimes it involves a social campaign, organizing, becoming a 501-346C. You have to comply with certain legal requirements, probably register as a PAC, and often requires you to hire experts to help you through the process. 
Inhabit never charges for any of our services at all, not for helping them get structure, organization, not for building the websites, hosting them. We do e-campaigns for local alliances so that they can get the word out to property owners and others in their constituencies. But it will be costly. And you may need to hire attorneys. You may need to hire local experts that can help you with your campaigns. So it can really chew up some money. Well, I am very impressed with the efforts that you guys have put into place. I mean, considering this is a new position in the last two years, you've done an enormous amount of work, Scott. And I know it was your idea to do all this integration and the way it was to take little dollar here and a little dollar there to try to make a big difference in advocacy. And I want to say thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, for the whole industry, what you do is just remarkable. So we're going to set aside a budget as property managers. Number two, we're going to get involved by setting aside our time. So maybe we set some time aside each week to find out who our people are in authority and find out how to meet with them, either go to fundraisers that they're doing or invite them to lunch. What other types of things have you done personally when you were doing advocacy personally? Go to meetings, go to town council meetings. There's often comment periods there. Make yourself a recognized face. Become a member of your chamber of commerce, your trade association. More importantly than anything else, I think, is to form a local alliance. Because when regulations, most people have to spend the first several weeks responding just by building a local alliance, filing the legal paperwork, recruiting members, recruiting a board, fundraising. So if you have that local alliance in place, even if it's just kind of a very informal trade group, but you'll find there's a lot of constituencies that are impacted by what we're doing. It's not just the property managers, it's the restaurant owners that their guests go to, the attractions, the plumbers, the electricians, the housekeepers, other organizations that serve our industry should also be invited into that group because it's going to impact them as well. I'm just going to say it this way. You're not doing it for the PR and you're not doing it so that your homeowners will think you're amazing. But if you do it, you will have PR and your homeowners will think you're amazing because it affects their livelihood as well. You know, they're looking at it from a totally different point of view than we are as property managers. So it's a win-win for everyone. That's a really, really excellent point, Linnell. You know, I live in the Outer Banks of North Carolina that someone's going to spend close to a million dollars or more um, buying a vacation rental here. And they're doing that because someone's given them a rental projection in good faith of what they feel that property will be able to earn over a year and to meet their mortgage payments and other costs. All of a sudden, if that million-dollar purchase is uh, regulated out of existence, then, you know, they're left holding the bag. And most people can't afford that. So getting those homeowners involved, both financially and by being a voice, is really, really important. Even though they may not live there full-time, you know, they're going to be hand-in-hand there with you to help you take care of whatever. Now, I was impressed with all that you just rattled off about how you start this. So, guys, if you want someone to help you start a startup in your area, and even if you're not having trouble, Scott has suggested you do it, and 
You know, I take Scott's advice when he tells me something. I do listen. (laughs) I absolutely listen. So I think we should start these alliances that we need. And if you need help, Scott, can they reach out to you for this? Absolutely. I spend probably the vast majority of my time just working directly with communities and organizations. And I'll say also that the VRMA has a lot of resources available for its members. So if you're not a member, I would encourage you to join simply because they have an advocacy toolkit that is so well done on their site. It has the processes all laid out. It tells you how to go about structuring your organization. It tracks every piece of legislation in every community in the country through a tracking service that even meant regulating short-term rentals. They have an archive of past court cases. They have archives of economic impact studies, affordable housing studies, cost of compliance studies, all the things that you're going to need in your toolkit when you're up against a regulatory climate in your community. That's remarkable. Now, Scott, how much is it going to cost them to reach out to you or to reach out to VRMA? costs nothing to reach out to me, and I love picking up the phone. I do. I, I'm working with people, helping people, so please avail yourself. Give me a call. Email me. I always respond. VRMA, the only cost to you there is the cost of membership, and that's based upon the size of company you are. But for a few hundred dollars, that membership has a great value. And I would say it's a great insurance policy for you in the event that regulation comes to your community. There you go. I know a lot of us over the years have joined VRMA simply because of the education. But guys, there's so much more of a resource and so is Inhabit. So I encourage you to reach out to Scott. He is truly the voice of advocacy in the vacation rental industry today. And he knows so much, guys. So please use him as a resource. And let's take our advocacy in our communities to another level. Let's all get involved as much as we can. Everybody listening, if everybody listening would just make sure that they've got the alliance and have some sort of advocacy, it would make a huge difference when these come down the road. I mentioned Dallas because I live in Dallas. We have a home in Dallas. And I was like, holy cow, I can't believe that. And my HOA just met last night. I got a call from them. They're saying, okay. We need to talk about this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So if you think it's not going to reach you, it's going to reach you. It's going to reach every single one of us in the industry in one way or another. And so Scott Leggett, thank you so much. Is there any other advice you want to give anybody before we go? I don't want to leave without that. Just one last thing. Just remind people that regulation comes in a lot of forms. It can be something passed by your town council that just outlaws regulation, but it can be through other means too, particularly like compliance officers in your town who are enforcing regulations and decide that they're going to interpret your home as a business rather than a residence and put a whole bunch of new regulatory requirements on you. That happens frequently. There are other ways of doing it through taxation, rezoning your property to call it commercial and tax you at a commercial rate as opposed to a residential rate. So there are any number of mechanisms in play. Sometimes they can even be done arbitrarily by a town mayor, town manager, a compliance officer. 
and you're not even aware of them. If somebody all of a sudden says you're commercial, then you're talking about putting fire suppression systems in your home, sprinklers, making it ADA compliant, extra stairway, exterior fire escapes, basically costing you out of the business because it'd be so expensive. Yeah, sure. For a homeowner. Absolutely. Wow, Scott. Well, thank you very much. The best way to reach out to you is by email. Am I right? It is scott.leggett at inhabit.com. Thank you so much, Scott, for being with us. And I'm really grateful for all you're doing. Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, Linnell, and thank you for what you're doing to make our vacation rental community aware of all the issues that you do and all the good advice and people that you bring on your podcast. I hear nothing but rave reviews, so thank you for the work you're doing as well. That's all the smart people I talk to. It's definitely not me. Now, Scott, if something comes up and we need to be aware of it, you just let me know so that we can do a podcast and we can get one out quickly if there's something that we need to do with the industry, okay? That sounds great, Linnell. Thank you. All right. Bye, Scott. This episode of How We Grow was brought to you by iTrip Vacations. To find out more about how iTrip Vacations can help to grow your vacation rental business, visit iTripFranchise.com. Make sure to search for How We Grow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the team here at Inhabit, thanks for listening.